eight minutes to nine on Money Talk with James Ross. And we cross back to Washington now uh, to rejoin Barry Wood, RTHK's international economics correspondent. Uh, Barry, uh, welcome back to the show. We were talking earlier on about uh, the debt ceiling and how so much of the world is um, dependent on the US dollar. That really is holding up the world financial markets, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it is. And the dollar is the global currency and has been for a very long time, probably getting on towards 70 years. What we're seeing, though, James, is the rise of the renminbi. And I think that uh, China policy is aimed at uh, facilitating that rise, but it's a slow moving process. And I think the real problem that the renminbi faces is that it's not freely convertible. That means that the Chinese financial market does not really allow free trading in the renminbi in Beijing or anywhere in China from the big international operators. But it's moving in that direction. Yi Gang, who's the head of the People's Bank of China, was very impressive on this subject when he was in Washington just uh, a few weeks ago for the International Monetary Fund meeting. Clearly, the Chinese are moving in that direction. And let's not forget When the Americans and the Europeans froze $600 billion of Russian assets to punish Russia for the invasion of Ukraine, that was unprecedented because foreign exchange reserves are held, you know, in Frankfurt or New York, and they're thought to be untouchable. But the Americans and the Europeans decided to, in fact, freeze them, Mm. suspend any ability for the Russians to get their currency. What that did, of course, was drive the Russians and the Chinese much closer together. And let's not forget as well that the Saudis, major oil exporting country, have said that they will now accept renminbi for Chinese purchases of Saudi oil. This strength in the renminbi is amazing, isn't it? I mean, if we go back 20 years ago, there was no way that uh, the renminbi would have been in this position. That's right. And it's facilitated by the reality that China is a major surplus country, meaning that the trade or balance of payments of China is in chronic surplus, meaning they're accumulating dollars, Mm. they're accumulating other currencies. But historically, surplus nations call the tune. They call the shots. The United States, on the other hand, like Britain before it, has become a chronic deficit country on its trade account, its balance of payments overall. So that dynamic is at work. But let's not forget as well, James, rule of law is a critical factor because whether a currency is going up or down is really based on faith. Do you believe in that currency? Do you believe in that government? And... Obviously, China has a long way to go. Now, turning to another story um, which is out there at the moment, and that's that Ireland's Ryanair has agreed a huge deal for as many as 300 Boeing 737 MAX 10 planes, burying the hatchet with Boeing after a long feud between the two companies over prices um, and really had upset one of aviation's previously closest partnerships. This deal could be worth uh, over $40 billion at list prices. This is a big impact for Boeing, uh, Barry, doesn't it? Yeah, Boeing's had a real rough patch here for about 
four years, ever since the crash of those two 737 MAX planes, one in Ethiopia, one in Indonesia. And then COVID, you know, ruined air travel. And uh, then the company had a lot of manufacturing problems. So Airbus has just surged ahead. Their order book is so filled that Ryanair really had no option but to go back to Boeing. And now we're going to have a third entrance into this aviation market, which has exploded now that COVID's over. And that is, of course, the C919 from Comac in China. And we've not yet seen it arrive on the international scene, but we know it's in the works. Is that seen by the U.S. as a by Boeing as a serious competitor? Absolutely. And it's seen by Airbus as a serious competitor. Anybody who has ridden on fast trains in China or seen other manufacturing in China of, of real high-tech gear would know that the Chinese can do excellent work on this. The irony is that the engines are American or French, they're GE, right. and many of the avionics in uh, the C919, which will come into service with China Eastern, uh, are coming from you know, Europe and, and America. That's, that's a problem because Comac which makes the airplane in Shanghai, is indeed on the American sanctions list. So it won't be fast, but we know it's coming. The Japanese, when they were riding high in the 1970s and 80s, they never challenged Boeing or Airbus on aviation. China is. So that uh, also could affect uh, prospects for Boeing uh, going forward. It could indeed. And I think, look, it's good news for Boeing because... There were some people who said the, the, the stock price is collapsing and the country the company doesn't have a bright future. Uh, the orders from Ryanair, which is an extraordinary airline. I know many listeners have been to, to Europe. You can fly so cheaply between cities. Ryanair is flying or will fly with this order 600 aircraft. And part of the reason that they wanted to get in quickly with Boeing was that Air India and other Indian airlines have ordered 500 of these 737 MAXs. So, you know, aviation after a very long lull, except for Airbus, is really smashing and it's moving forward rapidly. We will watch with interest. Barry Wood is RTHK's international economics correspondent.